0: Out of nowhere, this week has suddenly become all about superannuation. After the Albanese government made noises that there would be no changes to the system when he was elected, well, today, the Assistant Treasurer, Stephen Jones, now talking up the changes as being a balance to the budget. According to the Australian newspaper, Jones flagged the idea of some of the changes that would give way to funding some of the government's other spending, and I quote, he said, with the budget under increased pressure to meet the costs of essential services like health, aged care and the NDIS, we need to consider reforms that put all elements on a more sustainable basis, end quote. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, 131873? While we understand that budgets need to be balanced, it's a little odd that the government seems to be licking its lips at the $3 trillion plus that we, that's right, we, us, hold in our superannuation pool as a way to try and get themselves out of trouble. As we know, we've been talking about it all week, that money belongs to you and I. And it's especially hard to hear when many people voted for the current government after, as I said, proposed no changes to superannuation in the election campaign last year. But if changes are to be made, then maybe you have to consider working longer. And that's a trend that's being made by more Australians than you think. According to research from KPMG, A tight labour market and the desire for employers to keep around experienced in knowledge-intensive jobs has led to a trend that many people are making the decision to retire later. 131873, have you put off your retirement? 131873, does your company want to keep you around longer because of your expertise? Terry Rawnsley is an urban economist for KPMG and he joins me this evening on Money News. Terry, welcome to the show. Hello. Terry, according to the figures that you released today, people are retiring later. Now, do you think that is a trend that will switch once the labour shortages are filled?
1: Yeah, it's kind of been a, a long-term trend over the last 10 or 15 years for both men and women to work longer. Uh, each year over that period, we've kind of added a quarter or so of a year. But what's really happened in the last couple of years um, is retirement ages, especially for men, has kind of gone up for a, over a year. Um, which is a pretty dramatic change over a couple of year period, and that is being driven predominantly by that tight labour market. Employers looking to find as many workers as they can. Apart from the tight
0: labour market, heck, the cost of living that has gone through the roof over the last few years. Do you do you think those reaching retirement age are delaying their decision because they simply can't afford their life in
1: older years? Yeah, it's interesting that question comes up a lot, but the sort of surge in this retirement age kind of started to take off in late 2020, which kind of predates the um, cost of living pressures that's come off in the last year or so. And also interestingly, looking at the what's driving this increase in the age of retirement is, um, for somebody who's just kind of finished um, high school as their highest level education, they're retiring about 65-ish. Um, Some with a bachelor degree, so a teacher or nurse, they're retiring at 66 But people with um, postgraduate degrees, a master's or a PhD, they're retiring at over 67 years. So it's kind of this more educated group, um, which is kind of driving the trend towards later retirement. Do
0: you think part of the reason of later retirement is because we are living longer? We're getting better educated on our health, we're maximising our minds and our knowledge rather than letting them go to waste. You know, mentors are very important in a lot of businesses. And thirty years if you retire at
1: sixty-five is a long time to be retired mm. for many people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this whole shift um, over the last sort of twenty years towards a more of a, a knowledge-based economy, where you can you know easily type away on the keyboard well into your sixties, is a bit different to sort of the the seventies and eighties where a lot of the workforce were in you know physically demanding jobs, manufacturing, you know, construction. We now shift to more where this knowledge-intensive um, activity is much more common and has people being drawn in. And the other interesting thing we see is that people are kind of retiring from full time work, kind of in their early sixties, and then sort of working part time for another five plus years. So it's it's much more of a gradual transition from sort of full time work, part time work, then into retirement than we've seen in previous generations.
0: Now Terry, we hear and we read about the pressure that some grandparents do have on funding grandchildren's private school fees, and in some cases even paying for children's mortgages who are under financial distress, what does that mean for the economy, and what does that mean for
1: people who are trying to retire? Yeah, so obviously everyone's got their own individual um, situations when it comes to retirement and and probably this is where people who if they do want to kind of help out the kids or the grandkids but don't want to work full time, they can still kind of do a couple of days a week because they kind of perhaps you know enjoy the work they do, they enjoy the mental stimulation, but they've also kind of got a goal for that money to say, well, this money is going to help my grandkids or my kids kind of get through school or get into the property market. So that, that's where people are kind of, you know, it's a multidimensional kind of process to retirement. It's not just thinking about accessing a super or whether you like your job or not. There's a whole range of factors I think people are considering as they kind of consider the transition into retirement. Terry, we spoke
0: last night on the show about the success of a four day work week in the UK employment trial and and you know, they're reporting about a lot less burnout from their staff, they're seeing that people are becoming healthier, they're getting to the gym more, and maybe the shorter week may continue and suit people here in Australia and maybe extend their working lives. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, and kind of when we look at the, the whole labour force over the last uh, two or three years since COVID came along, we've added about half a million additional workers and about a third of those um, workers have been aged over 55. And those workers are kind of the ones who are not working the you know, 60 hours a week, they're the ones doing the, the two or three days a week because it's a nice balance for them and employers in a tight labour market have been willing to go, look, you know, in the past I would have liked one person working five days a week. But now I understand the way of the world is I have two people working two and a half days each. So much more flexibility coming through
0: there. Terry Rawnsley, KPMG Urban Economist. Thank you so much for joining me this evening on Money News. My pleasure. Thank you.